amazing. We thank you, Lord. my life. 
Think about his mercy. Think about his protection. Think about his provision for you. His love is so amazing. His love is endless. It never runs out. It never runs dry. And it doesn't matter how far you drifted from God. Know that his love still supersedes every single thing that you have done. Because it's amazing. His love is amazing. And I want you to know today that it doesn't matter where you are. Right now in your life, his love will never separate from you. His love will never separate from you because he lo- you are his child and he loves you that much. So with everything in your heart, lift your hands and declare this with me and say, say, your love is amazing. 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 Your love, saying is amazing. Your love is amazing. Your love is amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. Your grace, it is amazing. Your power is amazing. Your mercy is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Worship him right there is his love. Thank you, God. Love lifted me. Yeah. Oh, love lifted me. Yeah. That hymn that says, Oh Lord, send 
a revival of love down in my soul, God. It's all your love. There's a song that says, all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It's all about His love. Oh, it chases me down. how much he loves you that he will leave where he is just for you he would leave the 99 just for you doesn't matter how long you've been in church or how long you've been out of church it doesn't matter how long you've drifted we don't fall from his grace we fall into his grace and that's how much his love is for you and I want you to know that that there's nothing that will separate it. It's a song that says, There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Yeah. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. He wants to chase after you. He wants you to know that he's seeking after you. And I know sometimes it may seem like we should seek him, right? But really and truly, he seeks after us too. He seeks after you. Coming after me. Oh, there's no shadow. Good evening, everyone. I know that it's been a very busy day for many individuals, but I'm so thankful that we can be in the house of God once again. What do you say? I'm, I'm delighted to know that there are so many of you near and far who has been tuning in night after night to the Faith Over Fear series. And I'm grateful for that. Tonight, I have a challenge for you. I, knew, I know that PJ uh, talked about various challenges, and I have my own. I want you to go into the chat uh, online and just tell us where you are watching from. So tonight, if you're hailing from Germany, I want for you to write it in there. I'm from Germany. Uh, if you are from uh, 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 Canada, write it in there. I'm from Canada. You can even tell us where you're, far, where you're from in Canada. But I want for you to just be challenged by that, just to let us know that you're here with us, that you're watching and you're supporting, and God is working in your life. Can you just say, praise the Lord? 
Praise God. Praise God for each and every one of you. Tonight, we are continuing in this Faith Over Fear series on this topic of peer pressure. PJ, peer pressure. I know that many individuals don't think about peer pressure as having a problem in the church, but can I just tell you that peer pressure is not only in the church, but peer pressure can be found in your school. Peer pressure can be found in your home. Peer pressure can be found on your job. So we're talking about relevant issues, and we're giving practical solutions from the Word of God and from experience to be able to help the people of God. Amen? So wherever you're from, this is a, these are practical messages that you can apply to your daily life because we need to be free from some of these things. We need to be free from guilt. We need to be free from temptation. We need to be free from peer pressure. Somebody say amen in here. Some of these things we've been struggling with for many years. And God is giving us the freedom over these items in our lives. So tonight, we're going to talk about prayer, peer pressure and from a well-known passage of Scripture. And I'm going to invite you to turn to Mark, Mark chapter 15, Mark chapter 15 and verses 6 to 15. And I'll read just a few verses there. The Bible says, Now at the feast he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Somebody say murder. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that a chief priest had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them again, What then do you want me to do with him whom you call king of the Jews? So they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. Faith over peer pressure. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, speak a word tonight. Lord, for those under the sound of my voice right now who's struggling with peer pressure in many of its forms, I pray, O oh God, that you will allow for us to find victory tonight, to know, O oh God, that you desire for us to be in you and to have faith in you. So may we trust you tonight, O oh God. Give us a word. and Let us leave here tonight rejoicing. And we thank you and we praise you. So speak now. May we all be willing to hear. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith over peer pressure. Let me start by defining what we mean by peer pressure. I have two very simple definitions. First, peer pressure is defined as the influence from members of one's peer group. One's peer group. Secondly, it's the influence of people on your decisions. 
the influence of people on your decisions. Many people don't believe that they're influenced by their peers or anyone else, as a matter of fact. In fact, many view peer pressure as simply an, an, an item that is really uh, relatable only to teens. So we say, well, you know, the kids, they're always are suffering or struggling with peer pressure. But very rarely do you find adults actually admitting to the fact that they are also influenced by their peers or other people. So uh, let me just make this a little plain. Um, I'm always one of those who always felt like I was not influenced by other people. And um, PJ, I must admit, I went to a music camp. And on that music camp, um, I learned how to swim. I learned how to swim at the music camp. And it was not by, by intention, right? I didn't go there with the intention of learning how to swim. But um, I went down to the docks after we had gone through orchestra practice and all these other stuff. And there were all my friends there in the water, in this, this lake. And they were all swimming around, having fun. But what they didn't know, PJ, is that I could not swim. I could not swim. I, I just couldn't. And even after I was born in the island of Grenada, uh, many people who are born in the islands actually can't swim. You can admit it. For some reason, I mean, even though you're surrounded by water, I don't know, there's just something about the water that many people just don't go to. I mean, they just don't swim. They just don't, don't know how to swim. We go enjoy the beach. We sit on the sand. We go and we, 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 we may go around for a little bit on the, 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 the shallow end, and we don't really get in the deep water. Some people swim, and they swim very well. And they love the seawater because it helps you to float a whole lot better than being in a pool. Anyone know what I'm talking about? All right. But I didn't know how to swim. And here I was with all my friends on the dock. Now, this dock was very lo long. And uh, they were all in there and having a great time. And I looked at them. And I just wanted to get in the water because I love the water. And someone said, hey, you need to come in. And I, I, I took a step forward. And I was thinking, oh, is it, is, it the is it shallow? Is it shallow? Because that's what goes through your mind, right? Because in the back of your mind, you already know I can't swim. So why would I jump in the deep end? I mean, that's just logic. But before long, they were having so much fun going back and forth, and I was there, and I kind of surveyed where the dock was going, and I went closer to the, the shallow end, and then they said, man, it's shallow, just jump on in. But remember, I told you I could not swim. So before long, they were having so much fun, I finally got up the courage, and I said, oh, it's shallow, and I jumped right in, PJ. I did even a cannonball, and, and, and I realized that I went straight to the bottom. This lake was not the shallow end. This, this was just a deep lake. And all of a sudden, I came up the first time, and I had water in my mouth, and I spat it out. Jason, I spat it out, and I said, look, I can't do this, but death, you're not going to hold me today. And someone said, you got to kick. They realized I could not swim. So I started kicking for dear life. I mean, my feet was going, and, and I realized that this was not helping. I went down the second time. And someone said, if you go down the third time, you're going to die. I heard that from some of my family members. So I said, look, I ain't dying today. Not today in this camp. I ain't dying. And I started to kick. And somebody said, move your hands. And before long, I'm saying, nope. And I just kept on moving my hands and moving my feet and moving my hands and moving my feet. And before long, I'm passing all of my friends. 
going into the deeper end, along the dock, and finally at the end of the dock, there is this ladder that was descending into the deep body of water, and I finally grabbed onto that ladder. My hands are shaking, my legs are shaking, but I grabbed hold because I ain't letting go. I ain't going to die here today. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And I finally grabbed that ladder, pulled myself out with all my strength because I was not dying in that lake. And I pulled myself out, and I always remember that's a moment that stuck in my mind when I succumbed to peer pressure. Because here I was looking at them, having fun, and then I jumped in knowing fully well I could not swim. That stuck in my mind. And from that day, it has a lasting impact because we got to learn from our mistakes. We don't follow what other people do because God has made us unique. I ain't going to follow what somebody else is doing. I'm going to do me. I don't know if that's a song by Drake. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. So here we find this well-known passage of scripture with a well-known man whose name is Pilate. And Pilate, you find, just has in his, in his, in his hands the decision to make. Here we find also in the text that Jesus has been taken captive from the Garden of Gethsemane by an angry mob. And here they beat Jesus, they dragged Jesus. First they took Jesus to Annas, then to Caiaphas, then to Pilate, and then to Herod. And now they took him back again to Pilate. And Pilate is a governor in the Roman province of Judea. It's a small place, yet Pilate has authority. He has, he has power over financial matters. He has power over judicial matters. He has power to sentence somebody to death, or he can allow for them to go free. And Pilate has this very important decision to make. This extremely important decision because he has in his hands the decision about this man whose name is Jesus. Here is Jesus coming into the scene and, and commentators all agree that it is customary and the Bible says it is customary for Pilate to release someone at this time of the year. Pilate now has to decide whether or not he's going to follow in tradition by releasing someone who has been imprisoned. Can I just stop here for a moment? Can I just stop here for a moment? We're talking about peer pressure. Can I just say this? Because the truth is that many individuals are caught up just like Pilate in their tradition. Tradition has become a, a nemesis for many adults when it comes to peer pressure. All right, let me make it plain because you're not understanding. Now, 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 Many of us, we don't want to be alone. We're social beings. We, we don't want to be uh, boring. We don't want to seem like we don't have any friends. We don't want to seem like we don't have the experience. So, so we don't mind uh, being able to succumb to, to certain types of peer pressure. Uh, uh, but, but the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13 and verses 20 that, that when we walk with wise people, we become wise. For the companion of fools suffer harm. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 33, it says, Good person, a good person becomes an evil person if he chooses evil companions. In other words, mama says, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. So some individuals, they begin to follow what other people do. And tradition is a form of pressure or peer pressure for many adults without them even realizing it. That's why, that's why when Jesus looks at tradition, he says this in Mark chapter 7, verses 7 to 9. He says, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. 
you leave the command, commandments of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, you have a, a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your own tradition. Many of us hold traditions and don't realize the pressure that traditions actually put us under that we're holding on to stuff that we have no business holding on to. Okay, let me make it a little bit plain. At Thanksgiving, there was a family that was always cooking a turkey. I don't know if that's your tradition, where around Thanksgiving in the United States and in Canada, many individuals take a bird and they stick it into the oven and they have it there for hours and then they finally pull it out and PJ, they lick their fingers. But, but this, this one family, ever so often, they would have a bird, they would have this turkey and they would put it into the pan and they would have all the seasoning and stuff it with all types of stuff. And, and, and before long, just before they stuff it into the oven, mama would take a knife and she would cut the side of the turkey. Anyone, know, everyone, anyone here ever do that? Cut the side of the turkey and they would take off the legs and they would put it downward. They would take off the other leg and put it downward and then stick it in the oven. And, 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 and the little kid, the little granddaughter, one day walked in and she says, Mama, Mama, why do you do that? Mama said, what, what, what do you mean? I mean, I'm, I'm making the turkey. She says, well, I looked on YouTube. You know, that's how they do it nowadays. I looked on YouTube, and, and I saw that when they were baking the turkey, they just put the whole bird in the oven, along with the seasoning and everything. But why do you cut everything off? She says, you know, I have to ask great-grandma. So she called great-grandma, and great-grandma said, look, honey, uh, it's a family tradition. She says, a family tradition? How did this come about? She says, well, your great-great-great-great-grandmother um, didn't have one of those big ovens. She had one of those small ovens, and on the side, she hooked up the propane tank. And because the oven was so small, she would cut the side of the turkey so that it could actually fit, so that it can bake in time for us to have it for dinner. And, and for so long, they continued the tradition. Now that they were doing well in life, they had a huge oven. They could put the whole thing in the pan and it could fit in the oven. They were still cutting the side of the turkey, just following their tradition without even realizing it. And that's why Jesus points out, he's like, man, you are stuck being peer pressured by things of your past, by things that's passed down for your family. And you don't even realize how those things are affecting you right now. Because here we are stuck in our tradition. Stuck trying to uphold some stuff that has no decision-making power on the things that we do right now. At least it shouldn't. But here are the other things. There are just some things that adults get pressured into. And, and, and that's, why, that's why peer pressure is so important. Because, because there is another component. Not only are we there stuck in our traditions, but there is also individuals that are stuck and put pressure on themselves trying to live up to expectations of other family members. All right, all right. There was a guy in, in, in college, right? And he was, he was in the dorm. And one day, you know, we were just talking. And he says to me, look, man, um, I'm, going, I'm going to, uh, it was Cooper Complex, right? That was a science building. He says, I'm going to Cooper Complex. I'm a science major. I'm going to be a doctor. I said, wow, you're going to be a doctor? He says, yeah, man, but I'm not even feeling it. I said, you're not even feeling it. What do you mean? You're about to be a doctor, man. You're about to go and write some tests and go into med school like you're about to be a doctor. He says, I don't even want to be a doctor. I said, you don't want to be a doctor, so why are you doing it? 
He says, well, before my grandmother died, she, she, she wanted me to be a doctor. And so I feel that I should be a doctor to, to, to please her. I said, man, she's dead. He wants to be an engineer. He is in school studying to be a doctor because he's trying to appease someone who has died. And here it is that we are all put ourselves under pressure a lot of times trying to live up to tradition, but we also put ourselves under peer pressure, some serious pressure, trying to live up to the expectations of other people, some who have died 10, 15 years ago, but we're still pressure on, put pressure on ourselves trying to live up to their expectations. The Bible says, the Bible says that Pilate, has to make a decision and to follow in his tradition. The text, however, says that it was the crowd, the people, who made the decision for Pilate. The Bible says, whomsoever they, which means the crowd, the people, desired. Pilate has a decision to make. He has two people in his custody. He has one who has caused civil rioting, and political uproar, and has even murdered in the process. And this man is chained in prison, and his name is Barabbas. The people are aware that he is guilty, and he is worthy of death. He even knows that he's worthy of death. But the Bible says that the crowd, the people, started shouting, and they were saying, look, you got to release him, and you got to crucify the innocent man. Talk about peer pressure. Here we have on one hand Barabbas, and on the next hand we have Jesus. On one hand we have someone who is guilty, and on the other hand we have someone who is innocent. On one hand you have a murderer, and on the next side you have someone who is innocent, and who, who claimed to bring life, and we know that Jesus brought life. On one hand you have a fighter, and you have another whose name is Jesus who doesn't even mutter a word. On one hand you have a sinner, and you have one who knew no sin. And instead of making the right decision that Pilate knew definitely was correct, we find that Pilate allowed other people to make the decision for him. And in fact, not only that, he claimed that he was just following tradition. But Pilate was just a wuss. Oh, did I say that? Oh, help me, Jesus. He didn't want to stand up and make the decision for himself. He was afraid to stand up and be different. Now, as a kid, I've always heard, dare to be Daniel. Dare to be a Daniel. Stand up. Stand up. Be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You heard it. And I've oftentimes sat down and wondered, what in the world does that mean? Dare to be a Daniel. I understood, but Daniel, if Daniel was in a lion's den, I don't want to be in a lion's den. I don't, want to, I don't want all my people to, to be looking down on me and, be, and be, be looking at me like a stranger and putting me in a, in, in, inside a, a den of lions. I don't want that to be like me. I don't want to have to endure all of that. I mean, seriously, who wants to go through all of that pain? Pilate here is motioned by the crowd. He's swayed by the crowd. He's influenced by people. And hear this. The influence of people is even stronger than Pilate's own conscience. Can you imagine? The Holy Spirit must have been speaking to Pilate. In fact, in fact, we know he was speaking to Pilate because his wife said to him, have nothing to do with that man, Pilate. 
Pilate have nothing to do with that man. There is something different about him, but Pilate is so moved by people. He is, he is pushed by people. What people say, and they affirm it, Pilate just sucks it in. And because they, they're chanting, and everyone is saying, Pilate, make the decision. He just decides, I'm going to do it. How many individuals, my friends, are living their life right now influenced by other people? By what people have said. In fact, I went to Desire of Ages, PJ. I went to Desire of Ages, page 432 and 433, in case you want to go and fact check me. Ellen White says this in that book. She says, Pilate yielded to the demands of the mob rather than risk losing his position. He delivered Jesus up to be crucified. But hear this. But in spite of his precautions, the very thing he dreaded afterward came upon him. His honors were stripped from him. He was cast down from his high office and stung by remorse and wounded pride. Not long after the crucifixion, Pilate ended his own life. The same position he was trying to uphold and keep by appeasing people is the same position he ended up losing and it cost him his life. When we try to appease individuals who really don't care a lick about us, we ended up in a state of demise, my friends. In fact, some individuals said, well, that's what Sister White said. But, but do you have any other evidence to prove it? Hello? There are some scholars in our midst who always want more evidence. So let me give you some more evidence from Flavius Josephus. Josephus is one of the, 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 the fathers of the early church. In Antiquities of the Jews, here is what he writes. He says, it is worthy to note that Pilate himself, who was governor in the time of our Savior, is reported to have fallen in such misfortunes under Caius, whose times we are recording, that he was forced to become his own murderer and executioner. Pilate was afraid to stand out and yielded to peer pressure. Pressure from others. My friends, many individuals, even today, are the same way. Persuaded by people. Moved by people. Many people today formulate their lives based on decisions of others. We eat things based on studies by others. That's why even today, you find a vegan lifestyle is more suitable for many individuals who used to eat meat all their life. Because the studies by the crowd. Moderation is the best example, my friends. Some people right now dress to fit in with the crowd. They forget their own religious convictions. Some individuals forget their religious convictions just to appease people. Some individuals will spend their entire life trying to appease others who don't care about them. Afraid to be the only Christian on the job. Afraid to be the one who says, I'm not going to go there. I don't do that. In, in fact, it's close to the Sabbath, so I'm not going to do that. Afraid to be the one who says, you know what? I'm not going to work on, on Friday. I'm not going to work on the Sabbath because, you know what? God has allowed for that day to be sanctified and blessed and holy, and I should not be doing this. Afraid to be the one to stand out and faithfully give back to God because things just doesn't balance out. 
afraid to be the one who will up, uphold and proclaim truth and refrain, uh, refrain to, uh, from allowing people to begin to control us. Hello, you real quiet out there tonight. Many individuals, many individuals live their entire life based on tradition, based on dreams and expectations of others, and are so moved by others, pushed by others, that they will give up everything just to appease people. But can I share with you that God desires for us to have victory tonight? We had the song that says, this is about victory. We're claiming the victory. So I want to just be able to share a few words with you, and then we'll end it tonight. I want to share with you how to overcome peer pressure and make difficult decisions. Can we just share that? How do I overcome this thing, especially when the voice of great-grandma is so strong, when, when, when the voice of certain people who mean me well is so strong, but still I'm pressured by their voices? So, so here's the thing. Number one, number one, it will require you to change your tradition. It will require you to change your tradition. Many individuals, they have certain traditions that they have set up. Some individuals, they go to church on a certain day, and they're afraid that they have to change that day if they really, really have to make that change, that transition. My friends, but if you follow what God said, you can't go wrong. So here, it requires you to change your tradition. That means that a paradigm has to shift. Anyone know what I'm talking about? There are certain, there are certain businesses that have changed a paradigm, Right? Like, 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 like Apple. Apple has shifted the paradigm. So, so whereas before, uh, you find IBM. Anyone remember IBM? You remember all those companies, right? Um, they used to make computers, or, or I don't even know if they're still in existence. Not even in existence anymore. That's because they didn't shift with the paradigm. So in other words, in order for you to stay afloat and not be, be, be moved by, by, by the influence of others, you got to be able to shift. And how do you shift, my friends? you got to be like Apple. So when Apple had Steve Jobs, they decided to be above and above all the rest. That was what Apple decided. So, so they didn't bring the same thing that everybody else is bringing. They were unique. And because of their uniqueness, has has evolved over the years so that now they're a multi-billion dollar company. Am I right or wrong? Because Apple was able to shift the paradigm. There are too many individuals who are walking the streets and it looks like they shop in the same store. Okay, okay, you ain't even with me yet. Uh, it looks like everyone bought the same shoe. Decided they would wear the same headband. Decided they would wear the same skirt, the same pants. We look too color coordinated. God doesn't want us to all be alike. That's why he didn't make us all the same color. We're, we're not all the same shade. We're all different. We're all unique. Even if we come from the same family, there are certain features that may be very similar, but we're all different and unique because God likes uniqueness. There are individuals who are spending thousands, maybe even millions of dollars trying to look like somebody else. And God is like, what are you doing? Man, we had a next-door neighbor who was a multimillionaire, flew down to Mexico. She wanted to have plastic surgery. And, and, and next thing we knew, she was dead. They made a mistake down there, cut the wrong part, and she bled to death. My friends, all because she was trying to look like somebody else. 
And that's what we find. We find individuals who are not, 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 not accepting of their shape. They're not accepting of who God has made them to be. And because individuals say, hey, it's good to look like this person, or they have a viewpoint that this person is better, they try to change everything about themselves. That's why, that's why we have now individuals who are, are out there spending a whole lot of money trying to have the Brazilian uh, Glutus Maximus. Hello, somebody. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm current, right? Yeah, yeah. You have all these young, black, Asian, all types of races walking around, and their buttocks are way out here. And you're wondering, now did I just say that, PJ? I can say that, right? All right, you don't know what you're talking about. PJ said, I don't know what you're talking about. That is the best answer I heard. That is the best answer. PJ didn't see anything. But some of us have seen it. You see the change right now. There is an epidemic right now with young ladies who are not appreciating their bodies. They have some low self-esteem and are trying to change everything about themselves. There are young men who are not even satisfied with who God has made and are trying to inject all types of stuff in their bodies to make their muscles look bigger. There are people who are taking these bottles of stuff, going to the gym, trying to pump iron and taking steroids because they're trying to change their body. Oh, I'm glad, I feel like I'm going back to, to that, that message last time. But, but we're trying to change everything that God has made because we're believing what other people have said, my friends, that we're not fearfully and wonderfully made. But God has made something beautiful when he made you. Yes, you may have some defects that you call defects, but God is like, that's just beauty bumps. You better appreciate who God has made because he doesn't make a mistake. Many individuals right now are spending a whole lot of money buying skinny jeans. You know you shouldn't be wearing no skinny jeans. Oh, did I say that, PJ? Oh, mercy. I tried one day to go into the store. I believed the hype, and I was like, Babe, I want to try some skinny jeans. I walked in there. That thing was so tight I could hardly even move my legs. I was like, Lord, help me. I need to get out of here and get some regular jeans so I can feel comfortable. So here, our first way of overcoming this peer pressure is it requires us to change tradition. Then secondly, and I'm almost done, secondly, is we have a responsibility to honor God. Our responsibility is to honor God, not to honor man, not to honor women, not to honor, not to, uh, honor our friends. It's, it's, it's really about following God's word. Because once you follow God's word, you can't go wrong. So, so first, you got to re realize that, hey, I am not going to follow in other people's tradition. I'm going to set the, the paradigm. I'm going to change things. Then secondly, you got to follow what God said in his word. Then third, this is very practical now is to be focused on your future. Be focused on your future. If you are going to make a change, my friends, and not follow what other people say, you've got to focus on your future. Your future is bright because God said so. Most people right now, who you're with right now, I can be honest with you, right? Most people in your circle right now will probably not know your name 10 years from now. There are individuals, there are individuals who were in high school with me, elementary school, some went to college with, now some even went to my wedding, were there cheering us on, clapped when we kissed, and I don't even know where they are at this point. 
Am I speaking truth tonight? There are some individuals who have been in our lives, but they were only there for a moment. And if we're honest with ourselves, there are some people right now that, that if we were just to take a view into the future, we will see they will probably not be there two years from now. So why in the world are we going to take their counsel and listen to what they have to say? Why in the world are we going to allow for those people to dictate our future? Then number three, think about your reputation. Think about your reputation. If you consider your reputation, you won't allow for people to dictate anything to you. Think about your reputation. How in the world do you want to be remembered? Think about Pilate. We, all we remember about Pilate is that he was weak. He didn't stand up, didn't make a decision. Imagine if Pilate made the decision and allowed for Jesus, allowed for Jesus to go free that time. We all know that, that something else would have happened, but it didn't have to be him. It didn't have to be him in the same way it didn't have to be Judas. It could have been somebody else. It could have been the devil himself, but it didn't have to be Pilate. But forever, we'll always remember Pilate for what he has done. For the mistake that he had made by sending Jesus in that time and making that decision that Jesus must go to the cross instead of standing up and saying, this man is innocent. Somebody else could have done it. The devil himself could have come in there. But my friends, it didn't have to be him and him going down in history to say, Pilate made that decision and he could never wash the blood off his hands. In college, there are individuals who are party animals. Anyone know what I'm talking about? There are individuals who are party animals. There were those who used to drink all the time. There are individuals who were always high. There were girls who were always acting like they fought the streets, even though they came from a Christian household. And those moments, those individuals remain in our memory because of the way that they were acting. And if the truth be told, many individuals, no matter how much time has passed, and some individuals have not changed their ways, by the way. But no matter how much time has passed, those moments still stick in our minds. So that's why we're talking about reputation. If you think about how people are going to view you, your choices, your decisions will be very different even now. There was a young lady who used to send nudes to a guy. And he took the pics and was showing it to all his friends. And, and the, the thing is, we need to realize that we need to take pride in who we are. Because God created us, created us fearfully and wonderfully. We're not to be paraded around, to be carried around like common cattle. The internet, once you let go of your pics on the internet, if you're sending nudes and all types of stuff to, to, to people on the internet, those things can't be recovered. They can't be deleted. You have to think about your future. Think about what your children and your children's children are going to think of the fact that they're coming across nudes of you online. Oh man, maybe it's too much for us tonight, PJ. But also, think about your influence on others. This is my last point right here. Think about your influence on others. There are children, there are siblings, you have cousins, you have friends, you have kids at church, you have children in the community, you have people in the community who are all looking up to you as an individual. My friends, you taking a stand against peer pressure is not easy. But once you're able to do it, to be able to change that paradigm, 
to shun the traditions that are extremely negative and be able to stand and say, you know what, God, you desire for me to do this, and I don't need to follow what other people are doing. If you take that stand, be sure you'll be all right. Take a stand. Now, taking a stand means you have to be courageous. It means that you may have to lose some friends. It may mean that you have to take some ridicule. It may even mean that you have to stand alone. Taking a stand and being courageous means that you may have to lose that relationship that you're in right now. Maybe that man is going to say, I don't want you to, to be with me anymore because guess what? Uh, you're trying to stand up for all these principles and I ain't there yet. It may mean you having to break that relationship with that girl because she really for the streets and you know it. When you take a stand and you are courageous and you're like, I'm not going to be pressured into this thing. There are some individuals who are not going to like you for it. But it doesn't matter what they think because after all, they're not going to be around in a few months. They're not going to be around in a few years. So why are you giving them so much power over your life? It's time for a change. And you know it. Because God doesn't like the place where you are right now. Always giving in. Always giving everything you got. Allowing people to run your life. Not being able to say, no, I'm not going to go there. No, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to take that. No, I'm not going to do this again. No, I'm not going there. No, I don't want this relationship. Until you're able to say that, my friends. When you make that commitment to God, be sure he's going to stand with you. But you can't stay in this place. You can't stay where you are right now. God is calling you for victory. You need to have victory over all these things. And that's what he wants for your life. Now, now, not only does it take courage, but it takes risk. It takes risk. It takes risk because all those individuals, what are they going to say? What, what, if, what if they don't like me if I, if I stand up? What if, what if they don't like what I'm, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm going to say? What if they don't like the fact that I'm claiming that, you know what, I'm going to follow Christ? What, what if they don't, they don't like that? What if they always want me to be in this church and, and now I'm making up my mind, I'm going to have to make a change completely. I'm going to be the only Adventist in my entire family. What about that? It takes risk. But God has promised that he's not going to let you go. God has promised he's not going to leave you. God has promised he's not going to forsake you. God has promised that even though you're filled with all manner of pressure coming at you, the voices are coming at you consistently, whether they're present, whether they're past, they're just coming at you. But once you take a stand and you say, God, I'm going to do what is right. I'm not going down that road. I've been down there. I've been saying yes to everything in my life, and it has done nothing to help me. What you need to say yes to is the voice of the Holy Spirit. What you need to say yes to is the voice of God who is calling you to a deeper relationship with him. And I pray tonight under the sound, if you're under the sound of my voice, that you will not harden your heart. But yet you will say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I will follow you. That's the only person we need to follow. Grandma, sweet as she was, Grandma can't send you to heaven. 
and grandma can't send you to hell. Daddy can't send you to heaven and can't send you to hell. You just need to follow Jesus. Not your friends, not your husband, not your wife, not your girlfriend, your boyfriend. You need to follow Christ. So I urge you tonight, if you have been listening to the voice of God, you've been hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you, and you know fully well that you need to follow Him completely and be freed from other voices that have been speaking to you. The whole crowd can say whatever they want, but you can block everyone else and you can just focus on Christ. And Christ is saying, hey, give me your life. And I will take you as you are and transform you. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter who you've been listening to. It doesn't matter what you've been engaged in. All you need to do is surrender to me. And once you surrender to me, I'll do the rest. So won't you trust him tonight? Won't you trust him tonight? Won't you have faith in him tonight? He can release you from any peer pressure. He can release you from any doubt. He can release you from guilt. He can release you from temptation. He can release you from all the things you're struggling with and bring you into a knowledge and understanding of him. Won't you just follow him tonight? I don't know how far you've been. I don't know where you've you've been. I don't know what you've done. But one thing I know is that if you decide to follow Jesus, if you decide to give him your life, if you decide to, 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 to just surrender to him tonight, he will do the rest in your life. Just trust him. Trust him. So tonight I'm asking you this. Maybe you've been a Christian. Maybe you've been following Christ, but for one reason or the other, you just listened to the voice of other individuals and you found yourself in a place you never thought you would be. And tonight God has been calling you right back to himself. And if that is you tonight, if you've been listening to the voice of God, I have a, I have a call for you right now that you need to call in. You need to be able to, to contact us. You need to let us know that decision is sure that on this Sabbath, you want to be baptized. Whatever country you're in, you contact the local church that is nearest to you. Say, I don't want to, I don't want to stay back anymore. I want you to fill that pool. I want you to, 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 to baptize me this Sabbath. Don't take no for an answer. For those who are right here in town in Miami and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, I urge you, I petition you, I beg of you that you will surrender your life tonight. On this Sunday night, you will surrender your life. And on this upcoming Sabbath, you will be one of those who will be in the pool for baptism. No one is going to tell you no. No one is going to stand in your way. Because you have decided to follow Jesus. And there is no one who could stand in your way of that. You will be baptized on this Sabbath. And we will support you. We'll pray for you. We'll be here as a church family who love you and support you. Tonight I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those who are out there who need to make that decision tonight. Maybe you're even doing it for the first time. But you need to make that decision. You need to uphold it. And God will take you where he needs you to be. Let's pray, Father in heaven. Lord, tonight, we heard about prayer pressure, peer pressure. And there are those who have been struggling with listening to so many voices. Over the years, oh God, they've tried to own up to certain, certain things, beliefs, and all these things that individuals have pushed upon them. But, but for one reason or the other, oh God, things just doesn't work out like it should. And right now, oh God, they're relying on you to do the rest. 
So I pray in the name of Jesus tonight that you would allow for victory to reign. Lord, allow for them to have the freedom to know that everyone can trust you right now and you will do the rest. For those who need to surrender to you, those who will be baptized on this Sabbath, oh God, those who will contact various churches that are close enough to them to get baptized this weekend, oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus tonight that you would hold them in the palm of your hand and you will never let them go. Lord, I pray tonight that you'll beat back the forces of hell that's trying to discourage and disrupt their life and that you'll surround them with holy angels from on high and remind them that you care, that you're there, and that you love them. So tonight we praise you. We glorify your name. We look forward to what you will do and what you're doing right now. This we pray in Jesus' name. Let all of God's people cry out, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, everyone. God bless you.